Hi, my name's Shami O'Hara, and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full Time, and we went to the Football Content Awards, and we didn't win, but we still had a fantastic night. Still recovering from it is Rob Borrell, so he's not here, and also Chris Pratt, and he's not here. But I'm here, Luke Edwards, and also with me is Dickie Watt, and hello, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. Yes, um, um, not exactly bright, but I'm here. <laughs> and also with us this morning, because it was FA Cup weekend, there was only one man that we could ask on. It is Mr. Phil Annett. Hello, Phil. Hi, Luke. Hi, Dickie. How are you two? Well, we're, we're very yeah, well, yeah. We're still drunk on life, aren't we, <laughs> at the minute? We are. We had a good time, yeah. yeah. I say it, it wasn't wasn't about the winning, but yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable experience. <laughs> so looking at it, was FA Cup fourth qualifying round yesterday, which meant that the National League teams came into it. And interestingly, Phil, we were just talking then before we came on, on air. So there was 32 ties, Phil, but a hell of a lot of draws in there as well, wasn't there? There was a heck of a lot of draws, yeah. 14 draws in total um, out of 32 games, which is quite sizable. Uh, it's the uh, second most amount of draws there have been at this stage of the FA Cup with uh, 15 uh, happening back in the 99-2000 season. So uh, a lot of clubs have got their names into the first round hat. Yeah, we'll get into the shocks in a minute. I mean, a couple of well more shocks on, on Tuesday, couldn't there, because of uh, all those draws at taking place and all the replays that are going to take place on Tuesday. But the most eye-catching draw, Dickie, was Wrexham. I mean, they were seconds away from being dumped out by Marine, who are three divisions below them. And it took a 94th minute equaliser from Jordan Davis to rescue it. Yeah, it did. It wasn't a result that I would have foreseen. As terrific as Marine's run in the FA Cup was last season, um, you do kind of think to yourself that, you know, Lightning isn't going to strike twice and, and Wrexham are a powerful outfit in, in the, the National League. But I suppose that just goes to show you what the FA Cup's all about. And, and yeah, Wrexham will be um, very relieved to have another bite at the cherry, I would say. It was interesting hearing Phil Parkinson's interview afterwards. He was, he was bemoaning the conditions and the size of the pitch and, and the rough and tumble and everything like that. And I saw a few comments underneath that from Wrexham fans and it just didn't, didn't really wash with them in the end. No, well, I suppose, you know, Wrexham shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, Marine aren't, um, they, they were featured on, on television a number of times. You know, we had the whole televised tie with Tottenham Hotspur, so people knew exactly how compact and tight the ground was. Um, you know, you could, you know what the, the conditions are likely to be like. I, I think that's, um, I wouldn't say an excuse from Phil Parkinson, but you know what I mean? I, I think it's right that a few Wrexham fans, um, uh, maybe just picking him up on that one because you know that as much as I say we were taken by surprise by the result, I certainly wouldn't have been surprised by you know what I've, I would have found arriving at Marines Ground um, yesterday. You know everybody knows what kind of um, uh, place it is and then how difficult they're going to make it for you. And um, yeah, I mean if they get through, ultimately it will all be forgotten. But I don't know that. It maybe says a little bit more about uh, about. Wrexham than it says at Marine there I think that you know that he maybe if that same attitude transmitted itself to the players then you know maybe it's not quite so much of a surprise that they didn't <laughs> they only just managed to scrape a one-all draw what makes it maybe a slightly a little leveler for Tuesday's replays that because of work being done 
at the racecourse ground that the replay is actually going to be in Nantwich Town's ground, which is obviously a lot smaller. It's another Northern Premier Division ground. So that could level it out a bit, couldn't it? It could a little bit. I mean, you know, Wrexham have been in the National League for a long time now, you know, much longer than their fans would would. Uh... Uh, 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 you know, like to admit to, to be perfectly honest. So, nothing at this level, and nothing at the, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise to Wrexham at this point in time. You know, I know they've brought in some players from higher divisions, you know, in in their attempts to get out of this league. But it's that thing that you know, you've you've got to be prepared to go wherever and whenever and knuckle down and get the points if you want to get out of this league. In the same way, you've got to be prepared to do the same thing if you want to progress in the FA Cup, and. Um, you know, Wrexham do not have a divine right to get out of this division or to progress in the FA Cup. And, and you know, if they've got players who feel that perhaps they should, then they're going to have a bit of a rude awakening. Dover are another team who've been struggling this season and they could only draw at home to Yate Town, uh, who are, again, two divisions below. And they also had Reader Johnson sent off. I know Dover fans weren't too happy with the performance. And again, another another team that could struggle in a replay, a replay that they really don't want. Going into this tie, I have to say, I had a look through the FA Cup um, fixtures before the games took place. And and I thought, you know, let's have a look through and see which sides might find themselves in, in a spot of bother here. And and as much as I, as little as I knew about Yates, this one stood out to me. I, I did think to myself, oh, I could see there being some sort of a surprise result there. Um, and, and that's how it's turned out. I mean, and Yate led in the game. It took a Ricky Miller equaliser um, to, to get uh, to keep Dover in the competition and, and to make sure they're in the hat for the draw this afternoon. And obviously, they're going to have to do it again in midweek now. Yeah, and also another team will have to do it in midweek. Eastley, they had an entertaining game against Folkestone. Folkestone, of course, he knocked Gloucester City out in the last round. And Easley were 3-0 down after just 18 minutes in this game. And he managed to fight back and eventually got an equaliser in the 95th minute. And again, that was another one where people were going, whoa, you know, it's a, a massive banana skin. And Easley live to fight another day, don't they? They do. It wasn't. Uh, this was again perhaps one that I wouldn't have, uh, have imagined. Eastley would have, would have had the difficulties that they had uh, against Folkestone, as much as Folkestone's result against Gloucester City was was a, uh, you know a, a, an upset and should have marked them down as a, a, a dangerous side at the very least. I suppose the, the plus side about being three 0 down within eighteen minutes is it, you you have still got seventy two minutes to find another three goals to get back into it, and that's what it did. Although it took a little bit more than that, it was a ninety fifth minute equaliser from Christian Macoma, which uh, ultimately rescued Eastley and, and made sure they're in the draw. Call that the Macoma of the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, Dicky, a lot of the a lot of the north sides. Um, had draws, didn't they, in the competition? One of the National League sides who are based up up north, at Halifax, they drew nil nil at Pontefract. They had three goals disallowed in their game up in, in that Yorkshire derby yesterday, and Pontefract also had a man sent off. Gate said they drew nil nil with Mask in a localish derby, and uh, also Kettering they conceded a last-minute equaliser to Northern Premier Division Buxton. So a lot of National League North. 
um, teams have to go again on Tuesday. Yes, they do. There were, as we spoke about, the, the lots of draws at the start. And I suppose that, that the bonus with there being lots of draws is it gives people an opportunity to get out to an FA Cup game, potentially um, that one that is local to them in, in midweek if there is an opportunity. And there are there are lots there. Um, the Kettering and Buxton tie, um, I know leading into that one, I think the Buxton manager, um, uh, Gary Hayward had spoken very, very, uh, almost like somewhat dismissively about Kettering Town because Buxton are going terrifically well um, uh, in their division. Yeah, they found themselves 2-0 down, but, but fought back to get a 2-2 draw, so they're going to have to do it again. York City's 1-1 draw with Morpeth Town was, again, another bit, bit of a surprise. York led that one through Mark Beck, but I think an equaliser came quite late on in the second half. For Morpeth and and York will have to head up the A1 for a replay on Tuesday night, I imagine now. Um, Brackley Town's 1 1 draw with Guiseley. The two teams from the same division, but given the, the, the league positions that they're in, I would say that that's a bit of a surprise that, that Brackley didn't uh, progress uh, at the first time of asking there. So, yeah, oh, Boston United against Stratford Town was another one. Boston, again, led in that game, but pegged back by Stratford. Um, and, and they're going to have to head to. Uh, Shakespeare's birthplace in midweek and, and have another go there too. Yeah, and the other one, finally, Dick, before we come on to Phil and get some stats about the fourth qualifying round, the other one that stood out as well, Notts County only drawing 0-0 at Tamworth. Yes, I mean, that, that's a fine result for Tamworth. I mean, they're, they're, they're a Southern um, Premier Central side and they are, are going quite well at the moment, but I would imagine Notts County would have fancied their chances of progressing there. It is an artificial pitch at, at Tamworth, which might have levelled the playing field just a little bit, but again, Notts County do have some experience of playing on those in the National League. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that's a great result for Tamworth. If, you, if you're just thinking of, in, in terms of purely on gate receipts, you know, they'll have had a good crowd in at the Lamb yesterday for that game and then they've got the the prospect of a replay at Meadow Lane on Tuesday night which will have another good crowd so you know it wouldn't exactly say a bumper payday for for Tamworth but with the prize money they've collected so far and and, and a couple of good gates there that even if they don't progress um, you know they, they've done quite well out of the competition this year. So Phil give us some more stats about this FA Cup 4 qualifying round. Well, the, the, the stat of the round for me it concerns uh, Bath City, who lost 1-0 at uh, Banbury United. Uh, that was a revenge win for Banbury for a defeat, I think, three years ago in the same competition. Um, but Bath City now hold the record for the club that has been knocked out of the FA Cup in the fourth qualifying round the most times. So they've exited at this stage 31 times in total. Uh, and obviously it's a large number, which, uh, you know, it had things gone the other way, that would have been another 31 extra times they could have been appearing in the proper round of the competition. So to be so near yet so far, uh, it's quite heartbreaking, I guess, to do it so many times. Yeah, I think it was a goal there from uh, the evergreen Kelvin Langmead for Banbury in United. He enjoyed a, a good football league career. He's 36 now, but he does tend to pop up with goals for Banbury. And uh, yeah, his winner yesterday and... Uh, uh, you know that's a really good start about, about Bath there you know how many times do you get teams at this stage of the competition see the draw being made for the first round and think oh if only well you can imagine what that's like for Bath City fans if they've defaulted this stage 31 times yeah yeah so it's not it's not great but obviously they do start often in the fourth qualifying round so they have plenty of time to get through but uh, the biggest I guess the biggest shock of the round if you like it was um Bowers and Pitsy knocking out all the shop town 
Um, it's the first time ever that Bowers and Pitsy have made it as far as the first round. Uh, so that's a fantastic victory for them, but uh, extremely disappointing for Aldershot, who have gone out at this stage uh, for each of the last three seasons. I was going to ask you about that, Phil, because obviously Rob's not here and I was trying to avoid it for as long as possible. So Rob didn't think I went straight in. But yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about Bowers and Pixie. So it's the first time they've reached the first round proper. Yeah, this is their 18th campaign and they've never been uh, to the first round before. In fact, I'm not sure they've been to the fourth qualifying and that often just a couple of times. So yeah, it's a, it's a great, great weekend for them. But uh, as I said, really, really disappointing for all the shot town. Another interesting name on there, Phil, as well, Corinthian Casuals, who everyone knows a lot about, of course. They've got that affiliation with the team in Brazil, and I think they're still fully amateur, are they, as well? Yeah, they're, they're the highest-ranked amateur club in the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic for them. They, they haven't appeared in the first round for decades, so it would be fantastic to see the name Corinthian Casuals in the first round. Uh, it's, it's nice that they're in the, in the draw, uh, and they've got a tough replay at St Albans City um, but uh, you know they may do it they, they, I think they got knocked out by St Albans City a couple of years ago um, so it'll be tough for them in that game but fantastic to see the name that's uh, associated with the ethos of amateur game and also uh, historically in, in the world of football uh, worldwide uh, getting a chance to be in the limelight again. Yeah they were so close to doing it on the day Dave Giedu got a late equaliser for St Albans and that's the one the romantics will be looking at, won't it, Phil? Yeah, it is. If you if you if you love your history of the football, uh, then you know there's no better team than Corinthian Casuals to epitomise what the game what used to be like, and uh, the romant the romantics amongst us will all be hoping they do well. I, I would imagine um, people who are keenly following the draw today, I, the, the, probably the TV executives who are responsible for, uh, you know, looking at the toys potentially in the first round that might be shown on TV would have their fingers crossed that, that a Corinthian casuals, you know, pull out a good draw today and then manage to progress from their replay because uh, you know I, I don't think you'd be looking an awful lot further for a televised tie uh, and you know if you're talking about a team that that's still fully amateur you know the the uh, the financial bonus from that would be would be something fantastic for the club it was a bad day for the Surrey clubs as we mentioned all the shot gone out of Bowers and Pitsy and Woking also got defeated at Harsham just tell us a bit more stats on on obviously Woking and Harsham Phil well, for Horsham, it's fantastic news. Um, that, uh, I think it was a 1-0 victory. They uh, deserve the win from what I, I, I've read. Um, and they've made it through to the first round for the first time in 15 years. So for them, they're on a terrific run. Um, so disappointing again for Woking. We all know they've got a terrific pedigree in the competition, but uh, mm. this season it's not to be. Yeah, it was it was a late goal as well. 87th minute, Tom Kavanagh got the winner for Horsham there yesterday. They're 21st in the Isthmian Premier at the moment. Um, Bowers and Pitsy, similarly, they're, they're 19th in the Isthmian Premier at the moment. So those two teams defying you know their, their league form to do fantastically well in the FA Cup this season. Yeah, James Ewington's having a hell of a season at Harold yeah. Borough. He's got five goals in two games for them. He was a hat-trick hero as yeah, they beat yeah. National League Southside Chelmsford. Yeah, I, w- I was there. It was the game I attended. Oh, there we Saturday. go. Tell us more about it then, Phil. Oh, it was a fantastic occasion. Um, interestingly, in- until uh, until Harrow Borough went 1-0 up, it, uh, Chelmsford seemed very disinterested in the game. But uh, the goal seemed to, the first goal there seemed to spur them into life. 
and they started showing their class and scored two quick goals before half time. And at that point, you'd have said Chelmsford were going to go on to win it. It looked like it looked like Harrow's heads were down. But funny enough, the second half played out pretty similar to the first half in that again the the National League side didn't appear to be too concerned about the game and, and it allowed Harrow to get into it and they got a, a deserved penalty uh, which they equalised and then uh, very soon after calamity for the Chelmsford keeper as he misjudged the back pass which ended up bouncing over his head and allowed Ewington to uh, walk the ball in for his hat-trick uh, that put the game to 3-2 and, and uh, it was only going to end in one winner by that point and they managed to add a fourth and uh, were well-deserved winners. Do you think there's a bit of complacency then on Chelmsford's part? I think so. I mean, I say they, did, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there. They just turned up, just turning up. Um, but for going behind, I think it, it would have ended up as a quite a dour game. And but the goal sort of brought them into life and made them realise what was at stake. And and for for fifteen minutes, they they were definitely the better side, and they should really have gone on from that point. Uh, but the lethargy seemed to come into the second half as well. Another National League South side that went out surprisingly were Dartford. They've been beating all comers this season, but they slipped up at Sudbury Town despite taking the lead through Jake Jeb. Um, they also had Tom Bonner sent off when yeah. the game was at 1-1 and Sudbury went on to win by three goals to one in the end. Yeah, it's a fantastic result for uh, AFC Sudbury. Uh, it's only the second time they've ever made it to the first round and it's 21 years since the last did so. Um, I, don't, I don't know the details of the match, but I'm imagining that Tom Bonner sending off had some influence in the final outcome, but still, you know, you would, uh, you'd still see that as a surprise win uh, for a team three, three, uh, two divisions lower than their opponents to go on to win the game. Yeah, so I think Sudbury going quite well in that in their division, they're sixth, but obviously Dartford uh, being top of National League South, they were ahead at the interval, but Reese Harris, Shane Temple and Lewis O'Malley scored goals in the second half for Sudbury. Um, I suppose the, the, with Dartford, we say they get to concentrate on the league. I mean, they seem to be concentrating on the league pretty well at the moment. So if that just gives them uh, one less thing to focus on, that I think that will make Dartford even stronger favourites to get promoted from, from National League South after the terrific start they've made. Yeah, another interesting game down on the south coast, down at Playmore, was Torquay against Haven and Waterloo. Torquay led twice against the National League south side before Tommy Wright scored again a 94th minute equaliser and, and Haven are also in the hat now. They'll be looking to cause an upset in the replay when they take on Torquay. Some teams did have comfortable afternoons. Stockport, of course, beat their opponents below Stamford, who are, again, three divisions below them. They comfortably Brushed aside, then by three goals to nil. It's just a, it's a shame for Stamford uh, that uh, they were knocked out there because they were the last club standing that had started in the extra preliminary round. So obviously Stockport County just proved to be one step too much for them, mm. uh, but a terrific run all, all the same. I think that I think that possibly the couple of scores that we haven't picked up on that we would which I, I actually had a scan through the scores this morning and put them into categories of, uh, and I called these ones nearly upsets. Um, I think there was Dorking Wanderers 2, Hayes and Yedding 2, um, which, um, you know, you perhaps would have expected Dorking Wanderers to progress given their league status there, but, but a two-all draw. And then there was a, a goalless draw between Mask United and Gateshead as well, which means uh, they'll, they'll have to go again at the International yeah. Stadium in midweek. That, that was Mass United's sixth FA Cup game of the season and uh, they're yet to concede. It's a phenomenal run that they're on. 
Uh, they scored 20 goals and obviously they weren't able to That's get one it. Yeah, I think I think I, I picked up on that stat and and sent it to you just a bit after the last round, Phil, as I remember. Um, and yeah, I suppose I suppose the disappointment for Mars there is that they've got you know a, a great goal scorer in Adam Boys. I think he's 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 rattled in a number of goals in the competition this season. You know, just one would have done it for either side yesterday, but no, they're going to have to go again on Tuesday. But, you know, they went over to Chester in a similar situation after drawing nil nil and ended up being four nil winners in the last round. So they'll still yeah. believe that they can do that uh, at Gateshead. They won't be fearful of that. And if uh, Adam Boyce is on form, he's already the top scorer in the competition. Um, so, yeah, they, they will still fancy their chances. Yeah, I just want to keep your eye on, definitely. Uh, some, there's some teams as well who managed to avoid the dreaded banana skin. Maidenhead were one of them. They beat Hastings by three goals to one. And Hastings were another interesting one, weren't they, Phil? But unfortunately, couldn't make the first round this time. Yeah, they, they haven't got to the first round too often yet. But last time they did so, about nine years ago, they made it all the way through to the third round, uh, which is a phenomenal achievement for them. But yeah, again, Maidenhead proving to be just one a step too far uh, to to get them through to the first round. Uh, and Maidenhead themselves, you know, they don't, they don't get beyond the first round themselves very often. And it's it's you know, over a century since they managed to get through to the second round. So they'll be looking to try and achieve that uh, feat for the first time in such a long time. Yeah, another localish tie, Kingsley managed to see off Peterborough Sports. And Peterborough Sports, again, were they one of the lowest-ranked teams left in it, along with Stanford? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, no, they, they, they were um, level three, Peterborough Sports. So um, there were eight teams below them in the pyramid uh, taking part in, including Stanford in the uh, fourth quarter round. But they, they, they gave uh, Kingsley a very good game. And uh, I know from reading the Kingsley reports uh, how they're sort of Breathing a sigh of relief that they've managed to get through that game 2 1. Yeah, and Bromley also avoided a banana skin. They won at Hungerford Town. And guess what? Michael Cheek scored the winner there. We also had Chesterfield comfortably brushing aside Curzon National, who are going well in the National League North. And Dickie, we, I spoke to Steve Cunningham. He was quietly confident, wasn't he, in the end? But Chesterfield managed to get the job done. Yeah, and he's every right to be quietly confident given the start that Curzon National have made. But um, yeah, I suppose that. Uh, it, as good as a starter they have made, it does underline that that difference between the, the top of either National League North and National League South and the actual top of the National League itself. Uh, four nils sounds pretty comfortable for Chesterfield, I have to say. Um, it probably would have expected them to progress. You know, you might have looked at that one and thought that maybe, you know, Curse National have enough there to, to at least get them to a replay um, in, in midweek. But no, uh, Chesterfield through the first time of asking. Um, but um, yeah, you know, a decent little run for Curse National in this competition. Um, they're going well in National League North, so they can concentrate on that now. And a couple of Midlands sides avoided banana skins, Dickie. Solihull Moors won 1-0 at Hereford and Kidderminster won 1-0 at Bedford Sports. Yeah, uh, Danny Newton came off the substitute bench to uh, to get the goal for Solihull at Hereford yesterday, which he, he did in the league last week. So he's, he's a bit of a super sub for them at the moment. Uh, and it was a goal from uh, somebody I know reasonably well, Amari Morgan-Smith getting the Kidderminster winner at Bedfont Sports yesterday. Um, we just, uh, I was just going to hark back very, very quickly on the Kingsley and Peterborough sports game. Um, Peterborough sports have got Michael Gash up front for them now, of course, was the Kingsley in town player last season. Inevitable that he would score the Peterborough goal, but uh, Kingsley did enough to go through. And also we had Bournemouth winning 1-0 at Barnet and Grinsby comfortably 
won 5-0 at Bromsgrove. That was the red button game on the BBC. Phil, anything else before I ask you where you're going to go through and watch a replay on Tuesday? <laughs> have, you, have you got any more stats for us? Well, a couple of things, yeah. That, that Solihull Moors victory, uh, 1-0 win, that, that means that they've made the first round in each of the last six seasons, which I think is quite an impressive run for them. Uh, well, conversely, for Barnet, uh, that 1-0 defeat against Bournemouth Wood is the first time they've gone out before the popular end of the competition in 19 years. So uh, not covering themselves in glory and made worse by it being such a local rival. Barnet actually were participating in the FA Cup for the 100th time. Um, and another team doing the same is Altrincham, who we've not mentioned as yet, who won 3-2 at Southport in their centenary campaign. So uh, for them, hopefully 100 years of competition will prove to be very lucky for them. Final stat is regarding uh, Kettering Town who, uh, with their 2-2 draw, means they've added to their overall score tally in the FA Cup, taking their total to 903 goals. Uh, and they are the top scorers of all time in the FA Cup. And uh, they're trying to put as many goals in as they can before their closest rival, Tottenham Hotspur, on 900, uh, start their campaign in the third round. Wow, what a great stat that is. <laughs> That's a fantastic it'd be nice. stat. It'd be, well, it'd be great for Kettering to progress and draw Tottenham Hotspur, wouldn't it? You know... <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fantastic game if you get that guaranteed. That'd be a star match. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, again, like you say, Phil, there was a couple of games we did miss out. Fortunately, covered off Altrincham, so apologies, Altrincham fans. There's just so many games to keep across in this round. And it's such an intriguing round, isn't it? Especially when the National League teams come in because you know you're one game away from the first round. The National League teams not only have to win one game, but that yeah. puts more pressure on them, doesn't it? I think I think so, and especially when they're up against a, a smaller club who are riding the crest of a wave on the, the FA Cup. They've already won a few games, so they they, they think they can take on anyone. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, quite a lot of national league sides. Uh, even though they only one game forward this hurdle, a um, Wheelstone is a good example. Even though they were playing local rivals, well, not local rivals, but London rivals, Dagenham and Redbridge, it's the uh, the, the third at uh, the fourth time in successive seasons they've gone out in this round so and they'll be hoping next year will be a different story and also Hampton and Richard Burrow they failed to reach the first round they came up against a really good Ebsleet side Tom was purring about them when we spoke to him last night Rakesh Bingham and Chris Solly with the goals there for Ebsleet as I say there's there's results all over the place that we missed so apologies if we did miss yours I think we've covered them all off now Uh, replays Phil where are you off to on Tuesday well, if I can get anywhere on Tuesday, the, the, the nearest game for me is probably haven't a Waterlooville versus Torquay. So I'm going to try to get down to that, but uh, unfortunately, it's not a guarantee I can get there. That's, well, that'll be a mouthwatering tie if you can get to that one. But I believe before you go to replay, Phil, I believe you're off somewhere special, are you? Uh, yes, uh, I'm off to uh, Wembley to uh, join the, the, the teams out there for the draw for the first round proper, which is uh, going to be shown on ITV on Sunday afternoon and uh, I'll be in the background watching, hopefully and try and get my face on, on screen, but uh, it'd be a great experience to, uh, to join everybody up there and, uh, and see the draw being made. By formal invitation as well, eh? It was indeed, yes. Oh, there we go. We're going to move on and look at the league games that took place in the National League North and South. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. Even a quick look at the message, a sign of a 
quick reply, affects your concentration, and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. And in the National League North, at the top, it, it was filed who probably gained a little advantage because other teams around them were playing in the FA Cup, but they managed to beat Gloucester by goal to nil. They did, yeah. File go back to the top there, overtaking Brackley, of course, for NFA Cup action. Uh, a goal from Joe Piggott on the stroke of half-time for Fylde means they're still unbeaten. They've got, still got their 100% home record, four wins from four. Um, not so great for Gloucester City, drops them back down into 21st and um, still only one win for them uh, in nine attempts and just one point away from home so far this season. So not an unexpected result. Um, elsewhere in the division, we had Chorley against Darlington. Chorley came out 2-1 winners in that one. Ben Headley's own goal put the Magpies ahead. Luke Charman scored the equaliser for Darlington in the 77th minute taking joint top of the goal scoring charts that's his eighth of the season um, but yet they weren't in the lead or they weren't level for long it was uh, Jacob Leisman still in the lead on 81 minutes surely that takes them up to fifth place Darlington in 12th and uh, the only other game in the division was the one I was at which was AFC Telford United 2 against Farsley Celtic uh, Telford uh, a much needed win they were winless in seven in all competitions winless in six in the league going into yesterday they they're, of course, without a permanent manager at the moment. They have interim manager Dennis Green in charge. Um, they got a 2-0 win. They're up to 18th in the table. Farsley 16th. It took goals in the second half from substitute Dominic McHale and Elliot Durrell to give Telford the three points. Yeah, much needed there, especially with um, Dennis Green in temporary charge at the minute. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think Telford... Uh, uh, they fit, um, I've asked around, obviously I'm, I'm quite involved with the club, but they're, they're, in terms of the, the appointment process, they're keeping that quite close to their chest, which is completely understandable. I'm led to believe that they're optimistic about making an appointment sometime this week. I don't think it'll be in the early part of this week, which will mean whoever has the title of permanent manager will have that um, for the time they go to Gloucester City next Saturday in the league. I'm having a quick look then at the National League South again, three games in that division. The standout one was probably down at the bottom where managers Billericke took on Slough and it's two wins on the bounce now for Billericke since Kevin Watson left there and they got that vital win, as I say, to move up to 18th Slough. Still in trouble. It was a goal in the 85th minute from Frankie Sutherland, who's been around the block, of course, former Bramley man, and uh, a massive win that for Bill Ricky. Yeah, I saw the National League put a tweet out last night saying about the, the the scores in the various National League games of the day, saying you know which was performance of the day, and and I probably thought Bill Ricky was the performance of the day, given in mind the position that they're in. And, you know, they, they don't have a manager in place with Kevin Watson um, having uh, departed. Um, I suppose it's that thing of, you know, all of a sudden they've got two wins after the manager is gone. You think, why couldn't they do that before? But, you know, there's an element now that if they know a new manager is coming in, you've got players playing for, I wouldn't say their future exactly, but certainly their future at Billy Ricky Town, if, if that's the club they want to stay at, you know, they, they, they're trying to make a, a good impression. Um, you always, you know, think, feel a bit for the manager who's left and feel that they might be looking on slightly ruefully, wondering, you know, why was that not achievable before? But, you know, I suppose that the, the Billy Ricky um, board will, will put forward the results they've had since as perhaps evidence of, of why it was the right decision. 
Now, I tip well into go down this season, and since then they've appointed Peter Taylor, and and they've won, <laughs> they've won, but they've also done back to back wings. Adimola Shocknubi got the goal for Welling as they beat Braintree. And looking at the table, it's it's amazing. Braintree, uh, sorry, Welling are up in 14th. They've only scored nine goals, but they conceded 25. So they're not even in double figures for goals scored yet. Yet they're pushing towards mid table. It's just so close early on in the season, is it? You know, I, I know fans don't like to see team towards you know what we might class as the relegation places at this stage of the season and you know it's easy for a sense of doom and gloom to set in but you do have to remember that it only takes a couple of wins and you're in mid-table and and that's what we're seeing you know that teams are getting a bit of that bounce um so i think again it is a bit early to be looking at league tables and thinking you know in terms of, of of despondency if you're down near the bottom you know take heart there are 30 odd games left to play yet there's still an awful lot of things that can happen Eastbourne Borough got a point to move up into the playoff places. They leapfrogged Hampton and Richmond Borough. They drew 2-2 against Chippenham. He'll see it as a good draw in the end, considering he were down to 10 men after just 15 minutes. The brilliantly named Harvey Bunker scored two penalties for Chippenham. They led by two goals to one. But Josh Oyasingan got a late goal for Eastbourne to move them up into those playoff places. Yeah, that's a really good point. Bunker helped them dig in there, I imagine, and uh, get a point. <laughs> so that was a great way to end on your bunker joke, Dickie, and uh, thank you very much for joining us. No, you're very welcome, Luke. I've managed to come up with something. It's not even 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm putting away here. So, yeah, I think some things never change. Yeah, we're recording this very early on a Sunday morning. So, Phil, thank you. Uh, enjoy your afternoon, and hopefully you can get to the Haven't game. And, and thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you. We got there in the end, but thank you very much for listening to us and also for subscribing to us. And if you voted for us as well in the FCAs, and thank you very much as well. Keep listening to us. Keep enjoying your football. We'll be back next week. Uh, I've been Luke Edwards. See you all very soon.